Hey everybody, it's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney, over there's Steve. Hey. And today we are delving back into the world of solo tabletop gaming uh, with a supplemental piece added on to an existing game. This is the first time we've ever looked at that. Uh, so far everything has been uh, kind of self-encapsulated. Uh, of course, we're talking about the Player's Guide to Solo Role-Playing. And that is... Doo -doo -doo. Whoops. It's for Cepheus. Yep, for Cepheus Engine from uh, Parts Per Million, written by Peter Rudin Burgess. Yeah, Parts Per Million is uh, pretty prolific, <laughs> especially in the um, solo role-playing game mm -hmm. uh situation they they have a lot they they did all those cut up ones mm -hmm. the cut up solo yep uh they also have uh solo playing role playing supplements for damn near everything all all your yeah. favorites are covered at least yeah i think they have one for osr yep Pretty, pretty much, pretty much everything. It was, it was, they have a large catalog. Uh, we'll yes. put a link in the description of the pod of the episode. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking through some of the ones that I've picked up for whatever reason. Not that it works very well, but Cut Up Solo, Death World, Cut Up Solo, Lovecraftian Dialogues, Cut Up Solo, um, Mr. James, Cut Up Solo, Dracula. Wow. <laughs> And of course, cut up solo the hour of the dragon. Yep, that's like that was the famous one, right? Yes, that was and the one that basically put them on the map. That that approach was they just took the text, gave it the William S. Burroughs treatment, and and that's how you play William those S. Burroughs your, the role playing game. Heroin option. Your, um, those are your, I guess, role playing cues. The uh, little five-word snippets from the text. Now, in an interesting and humorous turn of events, um, you were actually testing a, an upcoming Traveler game using pl by playing solo, and uh, your players' uh, schedules conflicted. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, but I wasn't really using this so uh, and i'll explain later L why don't we go over this before and i'll tell you exactly what i ended up doing all right well player's guide to solo role-playing for cepheus engine is it's a sh very short pdf uh 42 pages uh, uh the big bulk of it is taking uh the concept of building an adventure uh for the non-gm Right. And as such, it, to me, serves as an excellent primer if you're building an adventure for a group of players as well because it's the they share the same mentality. Um, yeah, I actually think this is a, a really useful tool for, um, for jump-starting uh, scenarios mm -hmm. as opposed to what it's actually there for. Right, right. Now, of course, as in most sol solo role-playing 
this this book does include the oracle uh, where you can ask a yes or no question and get kind of a magic eight ball answer to help propel your plot on right uh, which which is pretty common among a lot of uh, solo, solo tabletop role playing is you know you have that question is there a camera in this room roll the dice find out yes or no however it does uh, bolt this particular mechanic on using the 2d6 traveler cepheus engine type of resolution mechanic Right. Well, well, it also has like uh, it tries to make it so it's not going to be cut and dry yes or no, though it could be. Right. Right. Uh, it tries to make it so that it's if it's no, it might be a soft no, mm -hmm. I guess. Right. No, um, but no. And yes, but yes. And yes, no. It gives you kind of a, a, a variety of answers to kind of play off of. Uh, that's kind of why I referred to it as the magic eight ball. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, they have um, they have a very unlikely to very likely mm -hmm. modifier scale, right? Uh, so that is, I don't know if you remember because I was mainly doing this um, behind the scenes, but in Traveler Five, right, the mm -hmm. Mark Miller current Traveler, right? Uh, there's a there's a um, it calls it flux dice. When you mm -hmm. roll two different d6s and subtract one from the other, right? Right. You were using you that for minus fuel four to plus four, right? Just to get variance, because everywhere you go, you know, you're going to have variance in prices and and whatnot. So that's a, a nice way to to reflect that. Mm -hmm. I thought yes. Um, and here they use a, a variant of the flux die to um, magic eight ball up uh, your you know how like is there a camera in the room you roll it and then very unlikely unlikely nah there may be a shot at it likely or very likely because if there's a camera in the room you're not necessarily going to see it right right and then there's dead center of this scale here is complication <laughs> which right. is it's complicated um well well there's there's two there's two tables they have they have the mm -hmm. flux table Right. Um, and then they have the just yes or no. Right, right. Now, although so, it's not really necessarily a flux roll, although you could use a flux roll to, to do it. No, the, um, the question table is um, roll two dice right. and add modifiers, and your modifiers are um, going to be from the question table. Right. You have the question DM table, which is a dice modifier, um, right. which goes the scale of the flux dice, but it's more of a... You could use flux dice to randomly generate it um, if you wanted to, but... Um, I think flux dice are minus five to plus five, actually. Right, right. Like, uh, like a fate system. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then you have your standard 2d6 roll for the, the actual yes or no question table. Uh, yes. One of the other bolt-on mechanics uh, that this this particular guide gives us is the uh, the countdown slash drama dice. Right. Um, now, of course, you and I have both used timers. Uh, you know, I learned about them through ICRPG uh, and, and used them quite frequently in, in, in secret. 
Um, and I believe you use them as well to, to an extent. I use them all the time to determine how long your sanity uh, roll lasts, you know, because no one else is keeping track of it. Right. Um, or if, if you're like in a room and make noise, I'll roll a die to see how long it's going to take for something to happen, like somebody to come in or whatever. Right. And right. just count it down during the turn. Stuff like that is right. what I, I normally use it for. Right. And and then this this supplement, uh, the countdown dice are pretty much used in a similar fashion, uh, except for the countdown, it is a measure of failures uh, before something bad happens. Um, right. And the drama pool... Uh, kind of like a doom track. Yeah, kind of like a doom track. Like, and I, I think uh, 2D20 Conan has that, mm -hmm. has has a doom track where, you know, you, the tension from your dice rolls builds up to the point where the the GM could deus ex machina you. Right. Um, also, you have uh, that drama dice pool, which adds a die to the pool every time you fail. And then you roll this handful of dice and any sixes are removed from the pool and that constitutes your timer. And that becomes a really swingy timer. Um, yeah. The, the thing is, though, I think those are, are probably uh, good ways to, I guess, create tension while you're playing with yourself. Right. <laughs> so to speak. But... It always, I mean, it always comes down to you kind of know what's going to happen with these things. Right, right. You know, there's, there's, it's hard for there to be surprises because you have to think of the obstacles ahead of time, unless you right. are, uh, have your play space completely covered with random tables um, and everything is generated randomly. And, and then that becomes a, a bit tedious. Um, however, one thing I've noticed uh, about this particular set um, is that unlike a lot of solo role-playing, um, this one is encouraging you to pretty much play the game as written. Uh, yes. Meaning round-by-round -round combats, round-by-round uh, -round social encounters, your, your corrals or uh, broker checks, stuff like that. Um, Whereas uh, something like Solo, uh, another another uh, add-on book for, for Cepheus slash Traveler, uh, really, it kind of ignores that in, in favor of a slightly different mechanic. Yeah, Solo is actually put out by Zozer Games, yes. who also was one of the releasers of Cepheus Engine. Right, right. And you and you can tell. Um, maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit here. But um, on on a scale of one to five, how about how useful is it for solo or for a uh, well, I, in I think, general? I think this is getting closer. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that one of the reasons it's getting closer is because Traveler, original little black book Traveler is designed where you can actually play solo without mm. all this stuff. Mm. 
So if you look at Traveler Book Zero, the super secret Traveler book that came with Traveler Deluxe, I think, mm -hmm. um, it gives you, it's kind of like a mini DM guide, right? It kind of, it gives you advice. And the advice it gives you is first roll up characters, right. get comfortable with it, right? Mm -hmm. Learn the process of rolling up characters. Then do combats, right? Right. Simple combats and learn how to how to run combat. You know, make a couple characters and have them fight by yourself. By mm. the way, right. Next, um, do trading. Mm. Play the trading mini game. Right. Imagine you have two planets, or or it's maybe five planets, mm. and and you 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 generate these planets using the planet generation system. And then um, trade between those planets. You have a merchant ship with jump one, and you can trade right. amongst the planets, right? And, and try and, and get like a million credits or whatever. Right, right. That'll be your goal. And you, you learn to play the different aspects of Traveler by doing it solo, mm -hmm. which is not in and of itself playing Traveler solo, right? Right. Right. But all the components are there because it is designed almost 100% randomly. Yes. And I, and I don't mean the, the, the game is random, but anything you can do in Traveler has some sort of randomization to it. Right. There are a lot of uh, random, ta random tables in Traveler and, yes. and also in Cepheus. Right. So you could, and this is what I did. And I did use a little bit of um, this book to set up the scenario, which is why I said that the, the first part of this book, mm -hmm. the word cloud plot hook part is really good because it effectively lets you structure a scenario without sweating over it too hard. Right. Right. The mind map. Right. So I did that. And then I just started using tables, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I got pretty far. I wrote it down somewhere. Um, I, it's, it's not altogether too interesting, but it did, it did, you know, everything I did was uh, using random generation tables, like character generation tables. Um, and, and by the way, in, if you, do traveler right, mm -hmm. quote unquote. When you're generating the character, you can it produces a kind of a nebulous backstory for that character that yep. you can't fill in the blanks for, right? Right. I believe we uh, commented on that uh, during session zero for the fishwife campaign. Yes. So, so I did that with the characters and the NPCs that I created for it. Mm -hmm. So giving them ties to each other. Um, and, and, you know, I've used reaction tables, right, to see how they reaction, they reaction, they, they you know, interacted with each other, given certain situations, um, and then filled the blanks after that. Why, why are they, you know, they're related, it's just like it's an aunt or something, why is she um, reticent about helping him? Right. Just stuff like that. And, and, you know, you still have to, like, figure all that out. But if you're running a game, 
that's kind of what you have to do anyway, right? Right, right. If you're using a reaction cable, well, why are they, you know, why is it a positive reaction? Why is it a strong negative reaction? Mm. You kind of have to come up with that on the fly as well. So um, I think, you know, with a little bit of work, you can actually run a solo traveler game um, out of the box, so to speak. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, any anything that's got uh, random tables. Now, another thing I was looking at while we were prepping for this and, and, and reading these books is uh, I was also looking at uh, the rules for Traveler Snapshot, uh, which is the uh, board-slash-skirmish game that's a supplement to Traveler. Snapshot is the... Um, the hand-to-hand combat one uh the the ship it's the, personal combat it's not sh- as opposed to striker which right is the game. right striker striker is the miniatures game with the the army scale combat um uh snapshot yeah is the the man man to man combat yeah personal combat uh for for it uh generally it takes place on on one of two ships but uh, I was thinking about. Well, that's what those are the maps that come with it. Right, are, you, know, you get the Beowulf and a scout ship. I think. Yep. Yep. Come with it. Yeah, and, and the same rules you you are reprinted in Azanti High Lightning, which lets you do it all on like basically a traveler mega dungeon. Right, and and these these types of uh, scenarios and snapshot the rule book was presented in the same format as the LBBs. Uh, and was intended not only as its own standalone kind of game, it was uh, intended as a alternate uh, personal combat system as well. Yes. Uh, which and it's it's very similar to the way Traveler works. I think you get action points. Yeah, that's yeah. the difference. Is you yep. get action points. Right. Right. As as opposed to you know the the standard. Yeah, you move, move, and well, do something else. That's because the trap, the original traveler combat system, um, depends on range bands as opposed to, you know, fifty. Mm-hmm. You know, you can move fifty feet. You know, you could move one range band. Right. You know, from 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 near to um, to range, right. from range to mid range, and that's that's how. So you had to do something else, especially if it's on a board. Right, right. Well, I mean, you know, zoned combat, um, that's an early example of it. It's coming back in a big way uh, in a lot of more modern systems as well. Well, Alien uses it. Alien uses it. Um, ICRPG uses it. Um, You know, it's it's now becoming a little bit more acceptable in more modern parlance rather than the the tactical combat of, say, the world's most popular... Technically, Icons uses it as well. Yes, it does. It, it, even in a more abstract sort of sense than even uh, than even Traveler. Yes. So, funny story, somewhat related. Hmm. Traveler has a similar situation with their space combat mm-hmm. game, right? Uh, so they have a, a their, your Traveler system combat, right? Right. Which is tactical mm. out of the box right but they released a game called mayday which is uh ship to ship space combat right basically and it's you know a little bit more 
complicated rules than what you get in book two of Traveler. Mm -hmm. But it's more or less, you know, the the same situation as Snapshot. Right. So this weekend we were playing HeroQuest. Yes. Which I was jazzed about. It really is the best thing. Um, Is the best thing the dwarf? I played the dwarf, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I, I paid attention in class. That's right. That's right. Um, I, I played it with the guys I played D twenty modern with. And uh, speaking of, of tactical the, combat, one of the players who will remain nameless uh, was so impressed that he had said, "Wow, I wish there was something similar to this for for space combat." At which point, I ran and got my box of Mayday and said, "Here you go." Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's Traveler. Right. Um, there's also, uh, there's there's that, there's Traveler. Uh, there's also, I believe, um, there's a Star Trek, an old Star, fastest Star Trek, Starfleet Battles or something like that. Yes, I have multiple copies of different versions of Star Trek. Um, there's also, you know, Starfleet even... Starfleet Battles is way too complicated for, for it. I don't know if you've ever played Starfleet Battles. Nope. Can't say that uh, I have. Which is, it's not uh, fast. They play, they had a role playing game for Star mm. Trek. Um, Starfleet Battles. Excuse me for one second while I just look. <laughs> I thought I could look. Uh, there we go. Task Force Games. Ah. Starfleet Battles is uh, more akin to Car Wars. You have a sheet that has all the different. S- systems of your ship mm-hmm. phasers, shields power generation warp engines blah 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 all of it right right mapped out on a little outline of the ship <clears throat> and you add up all your energy that you, your ship generates mm-hmm. and that goes to movement right shields weapons anything that batteries with power will be powered by your energy mm-hmm. and you allocate you, you know, how much energy to different systems. Right. And that's how that works. That is way too complicated a game. It takes hours to play Starfleet Battles. Right, it's, right. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds a little more intense than uh, classic Battletech. Uh, it's a fun... Don't get me wrong, it's fun. And when I was a kid, I used to play the shit out of Starfleet Battles. Mm-hmm. But it's a little bit more than I'm willing to um, willing to go for. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and, and it's it's Star Trek. It's, I mean, it is unabashedly Star Trek. Right. You know, there's, I guess you can, you can pretend that my, your little freighter is, you know, has an equivalent on there. And it might, but you I, I wouldn't use it as a role-playing game space combat thing. It's right. Its own thing. Right. But if you were happen to, if you did happen to be playing uh, something like Traveler, it, it might be beneficial to have little coins or something on a on a table to simulate the movement. I don't know. That's well, that's the one thing. In Traveler, mm-hmm. in Traveler, you're supposed to. I mean, right. the well, the the LBB Traveler. You're supposed to have a hex map, and, and you're supposed to calculate vectors and all that stuff. Right, right, right. So there is some uh, tactile element to it as well, and and I think that's one of the things 
that's kind of missing. I think Iron Sworn, with all of its uh, various meta currencies and micromanaging, was trying to get something a little more tactile in there, um, just right. to uh, kind of. Uh, and we're talking about in, in playing solo games, so you're playing by yourself. And and one of the big criticisms we've made in a lot of these is, you know, there's a point where, yes, there's some things that are randomly generated, but you're basically sitting down and writing a story in your journal. Um, and even with the randomly generated things, uh, you're writing a story in your journal. It's right. just that, you know, some of the things are decided, you know, by the, the ether. Right. As opposed to directly by you. Right. And but there's still something to be said about that. I mean, if you believe him, Philip K. Dick wrote The Man in the High Castle using, using an oracle, using right. the Yu Ching. Right. And, and sure, you know, I, 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 can, I can see how that would work. Um, but I think, uh, you know, for, for me in particular, you know, to remove the interaction with the other players, um, and particularly in, say, a combat encounter. Um, I need something to kind of fill that in. You know what I mean? I think I think that's the key. It's weird. When I play role-playing games, mm -hmm. I really want that person-to-person -person contact. Right. And when I play video games, that's the last thing I want. Right, right. You just want to immerse <laughs> yourself in... I hate playing with other people on video games. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they suck. Right. <laughs> they really suck. <laughs> yeah, so so there's that. And I I think that's one of the reasons why I've kind of gotten into skirmish games. Um because right now, um I've I've usually play skirmish games with my children and right now they're at that age where theater of the mind just does, really doesn't do it for them. You know, they they can get into the story more when there's something they can touch and move around before they roll the dice. Right. And, you know, it's kind of affected me as well because I was reading through this and going, you know, this is a really cool thing, um, but, you know, there's there's also a narrative element to the combat encounter as well, uh, in, in my mind. I, I think some of these solo role-playing games kind of uh, diminish that. Uh, Kate... For, for example, to use a traveler example, um, in, in the Laughing Fishwife campaign, there was that encounter uh, on the uh, organ leggers you know, base, that crashed spaceship. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a firefight going on, and my character was trying to cobble together uh, portable cold storage for these organs, and a head pops up through the through the hatch and he just draws and fires at it like in his peripheral vision i don't remember how that turned out but in that moment that seemed like a narratively what that character would do you know from right. be years of being in the engine room of spaceships and probably been boarded more times than he could count you know that he's banging away on the engines and then somebody comes running through the door so he just takes a pot shot at him while he's still trying to work and you know, and you miss little moments like that. Um, you you do, and you also miss having the interaction of you know a number of people 
putting their two cents in the pot. Mm-hmm. Even even like something as mundane as combat, right? Right. Because you know, combat in role playing games can get very dice rolly. Right. You know, I swing my axe. Okay, okay, you hit. It does three points of damage. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you have different people doing it, it it has a rhythm to it, but it breaks up the monotony. Right. Right. Of having to think of different ways to to be represent, you know, this two this, rolls of the dice. Two rolls of the dice. So one of the reasons why I try to like also say lines. There's no no better way to put it. Say lines during combat because you know it's not a quiet affair. You know your characters are going to taunt people or or you know hey look out type of thing. And, you know, and all of that is part of that experience in combat. Um, and without the other people there, you know, it really, I kind of need like little things to push around and say, hey, oh, no, you know, this guy's about to, and, you know, turn the guy over on his side. When, you know, he's been shot. Ah, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, technically with this, you know. You you can do that, especially with so, well solo, especially mm-hmm. if I remember. It's been a while since I've read solo, mm-hmm. but with solo, it's like okay, you roll a die, you factor in a bunch of things, but it's one die roll, and that's the outcome of the of the situation. And then you have to like go back and fill in the details, mm-hmm. right? Costume play, so to speak. I mean, really, where's the fun in that? Right, that was one of the things. That's what made me think about that uh, that one traveler session uh, was because the primary bolt-on mechanic of solo is that plan mechanic, where they call it fortune in the middle, uh, to yeah. to use kind of a jargon term, uh, where you resolve this mission, which is like part of the meat of a, of a traveler game is actually doing the job. That's the fun part of, of role-playing games. Mm. It isn't the plan. It's executing the plan, freaking out when it, when it like blows up in your face. Right. Right. And, and also, you know, it's one of those types of things where, you know, there is a degrees of success and degrees of failure and something bad could happen. And then you're supposed to go back and fill in the blanks. Um, but that doesn't do a very good job of the uh, that that moment. There, there's a tension in the moment of of those types of encounters, where the plan's going great, then it goes to shit, and then through the miracle of quick thinking and teamwork, you're able to just yank it right out of the fire and come up with the best possible scenario yeah. or you yeah. get your ass is thoroughly trounced and you have to go home with your tail between your legs right but see the thing is like when you're doing that posthumously mm-hmm. you don't remember the cool things that happen right but when you're when when you do it as it happens let's take the laughing fish fight mm-hmm. i could think of, of, of like three or four examples off the top of my head of shit that was great that happened in that campaign that didn't happen the way I had planned it right. as the GM and didn't happen the way you guys had planned it as the players. Uh, remember when you fix a lottery? Yep. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> yes, you remember. You remember like the hassle of getting in there. You remember, you know, the tension of uh, fucking with the computer while the guards were like, uh, "Where's Roger? Right? <laughs> Why isn't he checked in?" You know, and then like booking it and try and having to lamb it in like some weird alien, um, you know, slum motel. Right. <laughs> Well, waiting for the heat to die down, right? Mm. You remember that. Maybe not all the details, but like enough that uh, you're like, oh, yeah, that was really cool. Or when you guys, uh, you know, uh, were, were on, jeez, uh, we had to come up from the, the, the chasm mm-hmm. and, uh, and partake in the holy war. Right. Yep. Right with the with the uh, village burning around you, mm-hmm. you know it, it's shit like that that you remember the in the spaceport. Yeah, when you had to rescue the the guy the the prince, right? And they mm-hmm. were after you through the tunnels, and the elevator was burning, and all sorts of great stuff. And that was another one where like people were holding you know holding back a uh, an army of cops while somebody else was trying to revive the prince right and failed if i remember correctly. <laughs> right right and 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 you don't get uh spur of the moment things like for example callbacks to prior plans yeah um, as i remember there was a plan where durbin and ally figured out how to overload a laser rifle's power pack and mm-hmm. turn it into a bomb, which they used as a distraction in that scenario with the uh, the toxic, the holy war and the toxic clouds and stuff. Right. Uh, and that came back as Allie's last stand was she overloaded her laser rifle and her noble sacrifice. It's like those types of things you don't really think of in terms of when you go, when you're trying to go back. And, and, and play a scene out. Those are things that only occur, uh, you know, round by round and spur of the moment. Yeah, I think stuff like that, like coming up with details out of numbers is cool for character creation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, possibly, uh, you know, sweeping history of planet Right. You know, that you've created, why is this high population planet on, you know, a, a world that has like 10% water? What happened? Right. Right. It's cool for like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But for the actual meat and potatoes of role playing, it's, you know, you, nothing beats being there and doing it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, you know, while these are improvements to to some of the self-contained systems maybe with the exception of of ronin um and maybe that's just because i really enjoyed ronin uh, <laughs> um I, I think there might have been something a little more tactile about playing that one rather than yeah but even ronin it gets old it's the same thing every yeah, time yeah it's true you you have like two or three outcomes and 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 maybe the one particular section's outcome is different, but yeah, it's going to gravitate to an average uh, mission every time. Um, yeah, and 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 some of the the randomness is there, and that might be why I've I kind of am leaning toward 
playing, like I said, like playing skirmish games by myself because, you know, yeah, you come up with the base, same basic setup, but it could go in a lot of different directions quickly, and you just kind of build it up from there going, oh, well, the leader died. We need a new leader. Right. Well, <laughs> but, th but that's a game game, right. right? Like a skirmish game is an actual game. Right. Right, and and I think you know, a lot of it, what's missing from solo role playing is the game element of it, and it becomes this like f entire focus on narrative uh, to to the detriment of the game part. Yeah, and I think the ones that are really gamey, so hmm. to speak, still like they're like not gamey enough, I guess. Like a thousand year old vampire was very gamey, right? right? Mm -hmm. roll dice count you know mm -hmm. but it was still not you know it, it's not roll your dice move attack right 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 exactly there's there's something to be said about that because you know if you look at your game shelf you know of your board games that you play mm -hmm. the one thing they all have in common is they're very gamey yep <laughs> You know, even the rules light ones like Mayday are very gamey, right? Mm -hmm. It's designed to do one thing. Right. Right. And it may do it well, it may do it crappy, but that's what it's designed for. And it seems like these are trying to take something so open-ended, mm -hmm. like a role-playing game, and try and bottle it. Right, right. And you just can't bottle Candor, man. You can't. Right. So... So you have this this one undercurrent of solo tabletop role playing, uh, which is focusing on the narrative and kind of you know uh, taking the turn based stuff and and making it in in the case of solo uh, a single dice roll and then going backwards from there. And then on the flip side of that, the gamey side, you have something like five parsecs from home where you're actually play you know you're playing out the combat encounter and then all of the other stuff is is random charts and things that you know what are you doing in between fights right <laughs> and and creating a narrative that way and I, I don't know i mean is is one superior to another i guess it really depends on what you're all looking for crappy. <laughs> i think well, they're all just kind of oh i won't say crappy but lacking Lacking. There's just something lacking in all of them, and it might just be that role-playing games are designed to be social events, mm -hmm. as as are are some of some skirmish games are designed to be social. You're supposed to have an opponent, um, right? And you're supposed to have a team, and that that kind of interpersonal component is is kind of lacking um, in a well, not kinda is lacking in solo yeah. play in general. And I can yeah, understand I just, why. I mean, you, your gaming group doesn't show up. You want to test out some something for your gaming group. You know, maybe yeah. If you want to like run an i run an idea mm -hmm. without like having to like your book before it's ready, I guess. Right. Um, you know, I, but I think some systems lend themselves better to it. Mm -hmm. Um, like older older systems that do rely on, on random tables. I think uh, D and D original like BX D and D right. would be really good for that, especially if you have like the random dungeon generator from 
from the DMG, right? Right. right. Or something um, like uh, Wiley Games' uh, Dungeon Deck, uh, which is a standard 52-card deck that you can shuffle, and boom, there's a room. And you can right. do it that way and then roll up, you know, go to your OSE book or your BX book or whatever and roll a random dungeon encounter. You know, it does it happen, does it not happen, and then go yeah. from there. Right. But even then, you're just you're simulating combat encounters and... Right you know, a random dungeon. Hmm. But, I mean, that's, you know, back in the day, that's what Dungeons & Dragons was. It was combat encounters in a dungeon. Right. So. Yep. Yep. The the old uh, the old quasi-complaint that it was a war game with role-playing added on to it. Oh, <laughs> well, yes. And so what? Yep. All right. So there you have it. Our thoughts on solo role-playing uh, for... The Player's Guide to uh, Solo Role-Playing for the Cepheus Engine from Parts Per Million. And a little bit of Zozer Games' Solo also for Cepheus Engine and your favorite classic 2D6 science fiction adventure game. Which is exactly the word. I guess the Traveler is trademarked or something like that. Right. (laughs) It's like the Super Bowl or something. Jesus fucking Christ. Right. It's free advertising for your stupid game. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so there you have it. We'll have links in the description to both of these titles. Um, and you can always give your feedback. Uh, Microphones of Madness at gmail.com. Uh, tell us your experiences with uh, solo role playing. And uh, we'll see you next time. And until then, balls. Absolutely. Absolutely.